We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyde, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, check out our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. You can learn more by visiting keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. If you haven't already, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I want to hear from you, our listeners, my listeners. I want to hear your the guests that you've enjoyed and the, and the types of guests you'd like to hear more from. So definitely reach out and connect with me on LinkedIn. Today's guest is Eric Morley. Eric is the co-founder of Blue Sea, a California-based brand strategy and creative marketing agency. Since 1998, Eric has been helping companies across both B2B and B2C segments. Eric is a second generation marketer and actively supports clients' growth dreams through the Brand C or Blue C brand PWR platform and the six systems to success. On a personal basis, Eric spends 16 weekends a year in Baja, California, and is the co founder of the California Love Drop that cares for frontline workers. Eric, well, welcome to the show. Hey, Lori. Gl- glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me and look forward to talking to you. Oh, for sure. Especially. Love having the conversations around marketing and branding. I mean, there's there's so much that, that can be covered in that. Um, so let's let's dive in on the brand side of things. How important is brand strategy for companies that want to grow? Well, it's interesting is that um, our, our our company focuses first and foremost about brand strategy, and our platform we have is called Brand Power. And brand power is the very first step is always about brand strategy, brand messaging, clarity and positioning. And it's interesting because in the last, I would say 12 to 18 months, we have had so many more companies come to us and ask us to go through our brand power clarity process than ever before. And with the understanding is a lot of people think that branding and marketing kind of flows together, but they're kind of almost like polar opposites or maybe even like the yin and yang. If you don't do one, you can't do the other. And what happens is if you don't have complete clarity on your message, you're not gonna be able to do your marketing well. And so by going through our, our process, we're able to uncover everything, create absolute clarity, create massive success for both internal and external as well as create the next step in our brand power process, which is called Amplify. And so we have a, the system actually works really well as a roadmap. And our first step is Clarify, which is the brand strategy, Amplify, which is the marketing strategy, marketing plan, kind of our roadmap, and then Infuse is the creative campaign development, and then Integrate is the digital marketing and sales strategies and then engages all the social media content and content marketing that flows in and around the whole campaign. So to answer your question more precisely, how important is brand strategy? Is brand strategy is a long game, but it's very, very, very important. It's, um, you can't do one without the other. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So you, you brought this up a little bit, but I'm hoping you can 
um, share with our listeners, what is the difference between branding and marketing? Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked that. Branding, I think the easiest way is to explain it is, this is what people think about you after you leave your room. The marketing is how are we going to get that message out to the right people, the right place, the right time. Um, so if you really kind of break it down really simple like that, that's the best way to think about it. Is And it's the branding is always about the message. It's not just about, you know, a lot of people are like, okay, well, we need our brand developed. Let's do our logo. But no, it actually goes deeper into that. So when we go through our process, the brand clarity process is we really get down into the pillars, the tonality, the mission, the values, the words you say, the words you don't say, the visual direction, and keeping a very, very strong clarity in the message. So um, with that being said is, is that the branding is that feeling, what they think about you, how, how everything is cohesive and everything works together. The marketing is how they're gonna connect with you to get you to engage and be a fan of that brand. I like that. I like the, the, the feeling versus connecting component. There's a lot of truth to that. And it's interesting because, you know, I've, got, I've listened to many of your podcasts, which I love them. And also, you know, spent a little time on your website and looked at your social. And how, how are you seeing your clients look at branding versus marketing? Um, I think a lot of people do get confused and think, you know, it's one, um, one in the same. Mm-hmm. When uh, I do agree, like the brand is uh, when you're branding your what you want is my perspective is it's how you're influencing others to perceive you because you can't control that perception, but you can really put as much um, you can influence it, you know, and it's your actions, it's your words, it's it's how you you dress, it's how you present yourself. It's, you know, it's how you make people feel at the end of the day, like you said, where marketing i like how you stated it's it's the it's really focused on the messaging to the right person but it's that connecting and making them want to take some action do something and 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 continue to tell that story in one way or another i think that's really key and you know i even go back to our mutual friend uh drew mccallan is that you know his branding is very specific is he wants to be your trusted friend Mm -hmm. that's a very key thing where companies now is they're looking to to relook at themselves personally and professionally where what they did 12 to 18 months ago was totally different than what they're doing now. And I also really want to, why is that brand so important outside of sales is for hiring people too, is on the HR side is the difference right now is and especially in California is the hiring is it's a hiring frenzy out here. It's almost like it's the it's the the sharks are all around out there just picking and pulling and grabbing and trying to find the best hire. But the best hires are going to go to the place with the best looking company and best looking message has a clear concise message and is very connected. So um, I, it's the brand also is internal too. And it's kind of interesting is this is in 2019, we do about 
four brand strategy programs a year for a client. In 2020, we did 28. And it's like, wow, I mean, that that really kept us busy. And, um, but it was, it really was about that need. And the need was really important because they needed a process. So through this process is that we understand is brands can't wait. So we do this as a 30 day sprint where our competitors in the marketplace is, oh yeah, we can get it done. We can do it six, eight months, 10 months, whatever. Okay, we're just really good at this and we can, we can do a brand strategy, brand power clarity program in 30 days, which is up and running, getting going. So um, that was a big plus that helped us out in 2020 and helped us survive. Yeah, wow, that's impressive, that, that huge jump. But um, I think that's probably makes sense. A lot of people were, were reinventing themselves to some extent in 2020. We did. Mm-hmm. I, on our company, is we were constantly, we were retooling the process. We were retooling what clients really wanted. Um, I can't remember the last time I printed anything, but more so is that we do a tremendous amount of video content, especially brand videos and brand books after we do the brand clarity and get everything together. So everyone internal and external really knows what the brand is. Yeah, that's important for sure. Um, last question I want to ask you before we kind of dive into the networking conversation is what's the difference between B2B marketing and B2C marketing? Ooh, one of my favorite topics. Boy, um, <laughs> that's, that's really interesting is, is that I think the easiest way to think about it, and I, I kind of want to take a step back before I go into that, is a consumer will spend $100 on something, but a business will spend $1,000 on that same thing. And the difference is, is the in, in, the, in the long and the short on it, is that the consumer wants about the emotional connection of it. They want the emotional buy on it. So you're gonna see a lot of marketing really targeted towards the emotional side, how you're gonna feel, how you're going to be seen, how you're going to look, how this thing is gonna change your life on it. And then on B2B, it's all rational. And it's all rational of like, okay, what is it gonna do for my company for two things is it's gonna save me time or make me more money. And it's really interesting is that we have clients that have both B2B products and the same product is spun for B2C. And so um, that's really, it's really difficult sometimes because you have to change your thinking and you really have to change how you're communicating when you're going on the consumer market. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, okay, now what we have to do is we have to do this campaign for the exact same product for the B2B channels. So very, very important is you know, it, it's interesting is, is that knowing your audience and really knowing what's important for them and knowing their profile is the first step that we found. And if anyone wants to email me or connect with me on LinkedIn, I will send you our our customer profile template. You can just fill it out and you can have it. It's a three-page document that's basically a lifesaver. So. Oh yeah, you're, you're preaching my words, that's for sure. I'm all about really getting inside your customer's head and understand, that's the best way that you can communicate to them. Yeah. You understand what's gonna resonate with them. I totally agree. I mean, like, like on your clients is you have real precise clients and if you don't know exactly who they are, 
where they buy, how they buy, what medias they look to, when they look to that media, why it's important, and how you align everything. It's just a waste of money. So that's the most difficult thing, so. Totally. Um, well, that's a really good time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. this show is to really help alleviate any fears that someone may have when they hear that word networking. So can you help by sharing with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? I, well, first and foremost is, do you remember years ago when networking was sleazy? And it's like, oh, you're going to network. You're going out there and you're going to have a chicken lunch and hang out with a bunch of people. And it was just like sleazy. And it was really interesting because when I really started to understand networking is I felt the complete opposite. I love it. I'm an introvert by nature. I'm actually kind of shy, but the idea is, is that being around people and getting to learn their side of things and their conversations and you never know where they're going to intersect in your life is most important so i take the other side to it um networking is i think it's the greatest time ever it's like for those that don't get outside of their comfort zone they're going to limit their growth potential their financial opportunities as well as just their their lifelong depth of getting to know new and exciting things. Um, I, I truly believe is that, and I wish they'd actually change the name of networking. Let's come up with a new name for networking, Laura. <laughs> what do we call it? What, what, what would yeah. we call Well, I mean, social capital is obviously the name it, of the show, so. <laughs> let's call it social capital. Okay, it's, it's interactions. And mm-hmm. it's really interesting is I, it's kind of funny because a lot of people are coming out now and it's like in California, it's everyone's clicking ready for June 15th. I think we're going to have like fireworks and everyone's going to burn their masks and do the whole thing. But it's to me, I've networked through the whole pandemic. And what's really crazy about the whole thing is I didn't know I was networking. I thought it was just doing something to help out. So one of our clients is Wahoo's Fish Tacos. They have 60 locations. They're an iconic restaurant in California. They also have locations in Colorado and Texas. Actually, one in New Jersey and one in Japan. And they lost 85% of their business in two days. So let's kind of put this in perspective. So for every dollar bill that was handed at the counter, 85% of that was cut in half and thrown in the trash. And the if you have 60 locations, 85% of that is, it, it's, it's a terrible thing. You can lose the whole business, as well as every other restaurant losing 85% of their business. But the other thing is, is that the food kept on coming in from their suppliers. So all their food is provided by suppliers on an ongoing basis on a monthly, yearly contract. 
So you can't stop the train. It's going to come there. It's just, you know, and it's going to, you know, if you have customers or not, you committed it to it. So it's, it's yours. So myself and Wing Lam, actually Wing called me up one night and he said, he's the owner there and he's very philanthropic. And he said, hey, I need some help. Can you help me deliver some tacos? And I was like, oh, okay. So basically I got in my car at four o'clock, it was four o'clock on Friday. And we made 300 tacos because he only had two people at one location. We delivered it to Hogue Hospital, Irvine. And this was for the doctors and nurses there. And the whole objective is, is keeping the doctors and nurses fed and keep them staying very positive, not calling in sick, because if you call in sick, then they have to do a freelance doctor, a freelance nurse, which is called a traveling nurse. And when you get that many people, it gets financially out of hand. And then the, then the hospital has to make a decision of having a short staff versus the actual size of the staff. And so we did that. And then we got a couple calls from other people that said, hey, we, we can't do events right now. You wanna partner up. So Monster Energy called us and said, hey, we've got all this product that we're sampling, but we don't have any events now, so what are we gonna do? And so what's gonna happen is we got Monster Energy on board, and then Hint Water came on board, Yogurtland came on board, and then one of the largest radio stations in uh, Los Angeles came on board, and they said, we wanna do, we wanna be a partner on this. And so we created this thing called the California Love Drop. So then we started corporate uh, companies said, hey, we really love what you're doing. Let us pay for the food and you just deliver it to the hospitals and give us some credit for it. So we're, we're kind of approaching about 300 different drops now, probably about 25,000 meals, more monster energies and hint water that I can possibly count. But the greatest thing is, is that this was like networking in a box where all these companies started wanting to come out and hang out with us. And on Friday morning is on the largest radio station is we got five minutes on every hour to talk about what we're doing. So the companies love to be mentioned on it. So it was kind of like organic, um, kind of organic networking. So that is actually my favorite story. If anyone's interested in learning more, then go to CaliforniaLoveDrop.org. And the cool thing about this whole thing is that then when once we got it started, then we got Austin, Texas said, hey, we want to do Austin, Texas Love Drop. It's like, okay, cool. And then Las Vegas said, hey, we want to do Las Vegas Love Drop. And so it started another one, Las Vegas. Yeah, it's awesome. And, and then the wing, the owner of Wahoos, was selected by Glenn Stearns from Undercover Billionaire on Discovery Channel, said, hey, I see what you're doing here. I have a restaurant in Erie, Pennsylvania. Can you come out and help us fix it because it's post pandemic and we don't have any customers. So he went back there, they did a show there and then we started having an Erie, Pennsylvania love drop and then a New Jersey love drop. So I can't wait for a European love drop like Barcelona, <laughs> Spain and stuff like that. But it was interesting because this actually got a lot of people out and it was also really effective for people that were furloughed or lost their jobs. So we connected a lot of people with different jobs along the way on it, and it made things just very positive. So networking, that's just one more crazy way of networking, so. All right, I think that's a great story. It sounds like you've done some fantastic 
um, good just in general and, and made some major shifts that have been extremely positive for your business and your community. Um, speaking of community, so how do you stay in front of and best nurture all of these relationships that you're creating? Oh boy, good question. Is I always try to, first and foremost, is as soon as I meet with someone or, I mean, I, over and above everything else is that it's not about me, it's about them. I always, I mean, I was always in the rest, I grew up in the restaurant business. And so you kind of have this mentality of wanting to help. And so in each and every aspect is, is that I don't come from the perspective of, well, first and foremost is I'm not a salesperson. I'm always here to help people get what they need is, but on the other side is, is that I always want to help them first. And, and so I always connect with them on LinkedIn and it's like, Hey, you know what, if there's anything I can do, just let me know. I'm an open book. Um, but the other aspect is, is that I always try to keep them connected to the, the fun things we're doing. Um, last week, is actually last Sunday is we Blue Sea also does a big thing every year called the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. It's a motorcycle ride where for men's prostate cancer and men's mental health, where it's 900 rides worldwide on the same day with 60,000 people. So I run the Orange County one and we actually sold out the first time in 10 years. And so, which was great. And it's, it's really cool because all the men and women get dressed up in their, their Sunday best, the suits, the whole thing. We go, we do a coastal ride up the coast. So everyone gets to see the beach and comes back down. And then we have the Triumph. We have Wahoo's Fish Tacos and Guacamigos at the final stage on it. We had um, uh Kempt menswear or men's hair is they had barber stations there. So as soon as the guys and girls got off of the motorcycles, took their helmets off, they were actually got their hair done. And so it was kind of the whole thing. And you know, the festivities were only supposed to last till four o'clock and they actually lasted till six. We had a great time. But I also invite my clients on those or people I know. And then all of a sudden my clients want to be involved in it too. So we actually integrate them into it. So I, I think of it as like the party that keeps on going. <laughs> I think that's great. It, it, it makes it easy to actually, you're taking the one to many approach. I'm definitely a big fan of that because you're being efficient with your time and nurturing a lot of uh, relationships at once. Yeah. And then of course it's that we get to show everyone on social media. I think the craziest story is, is that there was a gentleman is I have been trying to connect with for the last 15 years on a cold side just you know trying to reach out hey we do this we do this can i come see you i i'm, I'm really passionate about his brand and i've in through the years i've spent a lot of money on his brand so i was hoping to try to get some of the money back but <laughs> it i never you know it's like no you know or you know just never no connection nothing Interesting enough, we talk about the value of networking and he was actually on this ride, this distinguished gentleman's ride with us. And he, he actually emailed me three days prior and he goes, yeah, it's like, I just wanted to tell you, I'm going to be on this ride. Is there anything that I've never done this before? And I kind of, you know, filled him in with the frequently asked questions on it. And then he came up to me and found me on the day of the ride after I made all the announcements and the whole thing. And he goes, you know what? I've avoided you for 15 years. 
and you just are always around. So I just have to, you know, just shake your hand and say thank you very much. It's like it meant the world to me because I was able to meet someone to broaden my network that I've always admired. So, I mean, people buy from people and, you know, he may become a client of Lucy, may not, but over and above everything else is the networking pushed things through. And so it, you know, we call it here is it got the goose through the ring, you know, so kind of fun there. Yeah. Um, so what advice uh, would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Good, quick consistency. Consistency, it's you can go and do 10 different networking things and you're going to burn yourself out. And you're you're gonna go. You're gonna you're gonna sit in the middle of the night, and you're going. God, I went to ten different things, and I didn't get one piece, one project, one relationship, nothing. And it's like, okay, well, tell you what. Instead of doing ten different things, focus on three that you're really passionate about, that are like-minded, that you have a passion yourself for. And you and, and focus on that and be consistent. Don't just go once and that's it. Don't go twice and that's it. Continue to go. And the other thing I always encourage is don't be the person at the bar. Is you know, dedicate your time and say, hey, work the front desk. The best part is at the front desk, you meet everyone yep. and they will remember you. And if you're the person behind the bar or the person at the bar holding the bar up is you've probably met three people and that person is probably a life insurance salesperson, a mortgage broker, and a dog groomer. Yep. <laughs> Versus, you know, the, the other thing is that if you have a hundred people that came through, you're gonna know every single person and afterwards you can actually go up to that person, hey, John Smith, I am, I I would love to learn a little more about your industry, blah, blah, blah. So I always say it's like consistency, showing up, and being active. Yep, yep. helping out, like you said, front desk, taking the registrations of the night. I think that's a great, uh-huh. yeah. great piece of advice overall. Yeah. So um, Eric, here's a fun one for you. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do? Or less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Connect with Lori 10 years ago. <laughs> okay. There you go. Now, um, I think it's that is really it, start networking. I, I wish I would have started networking in my 20s. Mm. And I, and, but I also wish I would have built a lot stronger relationships between my 20s and 30s where I was a worker guy. And the thing about it is, is that if you work for a company right now, if you're in your 20s and 30s, is those are your growing years. Those aren't your earning years. Those are your growing years. You're just figuring stuff out. And the thing about it is, is that from that, you get mentors. And mentors are great people that we connect with that are ongoing. And you have to have those between 20 and 30. Otherwise, you know, the 30 to 40 is your earning years. That's when you're actually earning money. And then 40 to 50 is when you're actually earning more money. 
but also between 40 and 50 is that's your giving back years. Yep. You have to pay it forward. So the that's circle true. of life starts at the 10 is the 20 to 30, but ends at the 40 to 50 plus on it of giving back. And so I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that. And one of the things is, is what really made me realize this is I met this guy when I was in my thirties and I, I met him at a trade show event. I was invited to, it was actually the foundation room in Las Vegas and it was for the SEMA show. Our corporate lawyer at the time said, Hey, it's like, I was invited to this event. You want to go there? And this guy was this Las Vegas guy. And he goes by the name of the Godfather of Las Vegas, just a real strong enigma of a person. And he was actually like, he was so connected in Las Vegas, but not on the, the crime side or that he was more of on the business side, everything connected with him in one way or another. And everyone that was moving around in Las Vegas from a job standpoint was connected to him. And so I always looked at him and I'm going, wow, you're, you know, everyone. And he goes, yeah. And he actually was the one that introduced me to LinkedIn many years ago. And I think he was my LinkedIn co uh, contact number one. So going back is that's one of those things that changed me because in the early era of Blue Sea is that, you know what? I, we got business and clients would come to us, but those clients eventually go away is once a client's not always a client. So you always have to refill the system and help more and more people. And the only way to do it is meeting new people. Mm -hmm. I always laugh. It's like, okay, um, how about those people that are networking in front of their TV on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, well, what are they doing? They're watching TV. There's no way they're going to learn something new. Well, in most cases they don't. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of my, what I would say is, you know, even if you're an introvert is even if you don't know if, you know what, if you're an introvert, make sure you work at that guest table, make sure you go up to the people that are putting the event together. And it's like, how can I help? It'll give you something to do and you will also become better. So. Yeah. I, it, lots of good advice there for sure. And I, I love the, the breaking out the different age periods and kind of where that mentor mentee transition kind of happens. I think that's really important. And, and like you said, I wish that when I was younger, I knew how important that was. I mean, even this, even the idea of like how you and I met is I threw a left, I was looking for a recommendation and you responded to their recommendation on it. You, we connected on it. We had a phone call on it. You showed me a lot of light and how the rec recommendation is very pro and why I should do it. And I did it. And then we've kind of built this relationship on this. I'm on your world famous worldwide podcast now, <laughs> super famous because of you. And um, you never know where this relationship's gonna go, so. <laughs> Exactly. We're just getting started. That's for sure. <laughs> and when I'm in Minneapolis, guess who I'm going to come see you. So, <laughs> All right, Eric, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Oh, perfect. I'm glad you did. So first and foremost is tell me about your very best networking experience. 
Oh man, you're just gonna throw my questions right back at me. <laughs> you know what? Oh, let's see. My best networking experience. My goodness, there's been so many of them. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm gonna circle back to the first kind of real networking event that I participated in and I was probably 20, 21 years old. I was working full-time, a non-traditional student going to school nights and weekends. And um, the, the agency I was working at um, had submitted some awards and, and actually ended up winning some awards in, a, you know, the, the agency, you know, marketing award thing. I forgot even what it was called, but they asked if I wanted to attend and I said yes. And I was just blown away by the fact that you can sit in a room with all these people that have really cool careers and actually talk with them and, and learn from them. And, and I was just blown away at how many connections I made in that one event. And I that just kind of skyrocketed my, um, my, let's see, pure curiosity and where else do events and opportunities like this exist? Uh-huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. What is your worst networking experience <laughs> that you don't ever want anyone to ever do? Oh, oh man. Um, you know, when, when you're told one thing and the expectation going in as a, as someone to, to build relationships and connect with others and, mm -hmm. and learn something and, and you, you, you attend and it's a direct sales pitch, um, that that's exactly not what you should do. And, you know, just throwing your business cards in front of someone or just going direct for the, the sales pitch, as mm -hmm. opposed to even just like a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, connecting with someone to get to know them is um, a value as opposed to connecting to get a, a sales pitch right away. I think that's that's a terrible experience. It's uncomfortable. I would say it's uncomfortable for both parties actually. Um, and, and just not even knowing what it is that someone is, what their need is and trying to sell them on something right away. I think it's a terrible way to start establishing a relationship. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I truly believe that. And you know, the other side is that in that relationship is like you're they're selling you as well as you're selling them and i always call it a thing called unpeeling the onion yep. it, you learn over time if this is someone that you want to work with someone you don't want to work with someone that has different needs and what you sell and i always feel that it's the best thing to do is that you build the relationship as well as really find out you know, kind of going back to my my server mentality is how can I help you? I don't it's not about me. It's about you. What what can I do to help you become better or fulfill a need that you have? And and to me, that's better than a sale. I mean, I I still have to figure out how to monetize those kind of kudos, but I'll deal with that later. But the other thing is, it's like, you know what, it's being, it's being, being present and being there and helping people. Mm -hmm. Totally. Definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Well, I think you heard a little about me, but I'd love to hear about your comments of how do you stay in touch? Because everywhere I see now, it's like you're everywhere. <laughs> That's exactly it. Huh? You know, I, I I do try to do some of the one one to one messaging and communication. Um, 
I'm a little bit more strategic about uh, where I'm doing that, but my plan, my goal, my purpose really is to just remind you that I exist and that our company has some amazing um, solutions to the to the digital challenges that you know some of our clients may be facing. So I really try to be a resource and provide value and expertise and help my network get to know others in my network and, and expand their opportunities and, and connections. And um, I mean, that's, it's about, you know, giving first and being a resource first. And, and if someone is interested in learning more then then they can tap my shoulder and say, Hey, let's have a conversation. So let me ask you this question. So from a 10,000 level thing, tell me about what your company does. Just so, I mean, I, I listen to all your podcasts and you've always thrown it out for the other people, mm -hmm. but you've never really talked a lot about your company. Sure. So I personally would love to hear more about it right now. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, the elevator speech really is that we are a strategic digital marketing agency. We help our clients build brand awareness and generate leads online. We do that by conducting research first on behalf of our client to really help them best understand their ideal customer. Once we collect the data and insights on our research, we build a full strategy that's really focused on our the goals that our clients have. And then we support the full implementation of those goals. And that could be any number of tactics, including web design, social media, paid ads, SEO, marketing automation. I mean, you know, that, that list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. um, but big picture is, is really we're strategic in, in the actions that we're taking. Gotcha. So on marketing automation, is there any particular systems that you're focusing on using? So overall, I'd say we're platform agnostic, but in-house we use SharpSpring and we have probably about half a dozen clients that are using that as well with us. Gotcha. Actually, I've been following SharpSpring for quite some time and I've actually enjoyed the platform. And I think there's a tremendous opportunity for SharpSpring to grow in the future. So good choice. Very good. Yeah, thank you. They've, they've definitely got a lot of really good components. There's room to grow for sure, but sure. Um, some great educational content that they've been putting out there recently as well. Right. So I think the biggest challenge is that, and maybe I'm getting too deep in this conversation, is there's kind of two kinds of agencies. There's the agencies that utilize marketing automation and do everything in-house for the client, or there's the kind that the agency sets it up for the client and the client does all of the, every aspect of it, including all the content uh, development, all of the metrics, all of the management. What kind of agency are you? We fall into both buckets. Um, yeah. The we, world changed, huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's important is getting this set up and the, you know, getting it set up properly and really the education on how to use the system. And then we have um, some clients where we're creating the landing pages and the email campaigns and, you know, the drip campaigns and others, um, they wanted the education. We gave them some best practices and then they're taking it in-house and, and doing it on their own. Gotcha. But what's interesting with your company is they probably try to do it in-house. Mm -hmm. They try to do that for three months and they come back to you, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What am I doing here? How do I do this? I mean, we're, we're all about education. I mean, that's something that is, you mentioned the content we push out constantly is, is we want to help our clients uh, make intelligent business decisions. If, and if that means, 
you know, bringing something in house and we want to make sure they're properly suited with the tools and resources and the plan and mm -hmm. how to actually make that happen. Gotcha. Is there any particular industries that you focus on? Great question as well. We do pursue um, and work heavily with uh, B2B industrial manufacturers um, and we work with sports and education. They're kind of <laughs> really oh. interesting silos. <laughs> But, so the industrial engineers need education, but they also love sports. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all it all connects somehow. Um, yeah, we we've, we've worked a number of um, private and public uh, school systems and in, in helping them with their website and and increase enrollment. Um, manufacturing side, we we build out um, plans uh, to help them attract uh, new customers. I mean, you know, B two B is a very long sales process and. And yes. typically the more expensive the offering, the longer the process it is to, to acquire new clients. So that's a, a long nurturing game. And we, we do a good job of, of helping our clients consistently stay in front of their ideal customers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, sports is something we're just passionate about and, yeah. you know, building cool websites and, and doing some marketing campaigns to put butts in seats <laughs> is what it's all about at the end of the day. I love it. Well, it's interesting. You know, we talked earlier in our conversation the difference between B2C and B2B is B2C is a shorter sales cycle. Yep. And, you know, it's you, you want it now. You see it, you want it. The B2B is a longer, more, more pricier, more expensive um, sales system. So always something to consider. Absolutely. So which, who's your favorite sports teams? Well, I'm um, a hockey Hockey yeah. player, hockey fan at the core. Uh -huh. uh, and, you know, even though right now the NHL playoffs are taking place and, and my Blackhawks are not participating at the moment, unfortunately. I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, so I, I'm cheering for the, the Minnesota Wild. My husband's from Minnesota, so he's he's um, he would just fall over crying if they won. <laughs> oh, so that's the farm team? To uh, the NHL? Oh, Minnesota Wild is, oh, they're in the NHL main team for sure. Oh, gotcha. Perfect. That's awesome. So, um, so you play hockey, huh? Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> so, I mean, that's actually, you know, kind of an interesting transition to it is when you really kind of think about this is that, you know, networking and social currency can kind of fall within every aspect of your life totally. is it, it, it can be something and networking doesn't just have to happen where you actually go into a room, listen to someone speak, have the chicken lunch, et cetera, et cetera. It could be if you're into sports, you do that. If you're into certain events or certain music or this, that, the other thing is you just have to just have to be true to what you do and being really strong and committed to it, too. Yeah. So do you ever get any new clients from your hockey uh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. It, it's a strong community. Uh huh. You know? I mean, that's what it's about: is building relationships within a community. And um, you, just as you spoke earlier, you get involved, you help out, you support. You know, you you help with registrations. You know, all those things, yeah. and you start to people get to know you, like you, and then they trust you, and then they learn about what you do professionally. You know, as your career, and and you know, before you know it, you you're one of your hockey teammates is now a client. So right. um, it's, it's amazing. I love it. 
or they call you up the day before. It's like, hey, Lori, I got these amazing tickets. Do you want them? And it's like, sure. yeah. they're right on the glass <laughs> and, you know, best seats possible or in the suite or, you know, those are, you know, it's, it's not all about it, it's in, and you said it best earlier. It's about the relationships and the relationships that you build versus just expecting the sales focus on it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I would totally hundred percent agree. Awesome. So, hey, Eric, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way that they can reach you? So first and foremost is LinkedIn under Eric Morley. Um, you can find me there. Also, uh, my email is if you if you want the free customer profiler, it's emorley, E-M-O-R-L-E-Y at bluecusa.com. Or um, if you want to look at our website, bluecusa.com, B-L-U-E, the letter C-U-S-A.com. And on every other social media channel too. So I try to stay active as much as possible. Right. We will include that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, and if, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how do they find you? <laughs> Connect with me on LinkedIn. That's really the best place. I'm, I'm there pretty actively, I'd say. Or visit keystoneclick.com. Perfect. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for all you've done and all the crazy emails back and forth to enrich me on the questions I had for you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on your podcast. Oh, for sure. Okay. Well, this wraps up our episode again. A huge thank you to Eric for taking the time to connect with us. We will see you next week. Thanks, Lori. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.